I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. If you're not ready to swim, then you ain't ready for the red wave. It's high noon. For Tuesday, January 5th, 2021. Follow the podcast on Parlor and Rumble at I'm Your Moderator. Join the info stream on the Telegram Messenger app by downloading the app and then going to t.me slash I'm Your Moderator. Join the discussion thread, t.me slash Be Reasonable Discussion. So, last night, the Trump rally, finally, it's been so long. We missed them. We missed them so much. But last night was a barn burner. Immediately on a tear about how we know we won in Georgia and everywhere else. And thank goodness the president laid it out so thoroughly. Lots to talk about. Just briefly want to mention that it was very interesting that he threw his support vocally and clearly behind Mike Pence doing what he needs to do. And it was also brilliant to see him call out repeatedly Mike Lee, who was apparently there at the event just to be popular, to look like he's part of the team. When Trump clearly knows that he isn't yet part of the team. He better be, though. Because it's looking to me a lot like there's a group of senators who are trying to be frontrunners in 2024 and are happy to bet on the communist team and that they'll enable them to do that. Among them, Marco Rubio, Tim Scott, Mike Lee. These are guys that have been in that kind of gray area between MAGA and traitors on the Republican side. And then there are the old guard guys on the Republican side who clearly seem to be Betting on the losers, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, John Thune, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Mitt Romney. Who else? I know I'm missing a few. Oh, Ben Sass for sure. That utter disappointment. Unbelievable Ben Sass, man. He really... Seemed like he had something going for him a few years ago. And then he tried to uh, toe the line and tried to be one of the guys that will work with Trump, but also criticize Trump. 
And we can see at this point that was pretty much for his own personal advantage. And that is really disappointing because I really liked Ben Sass. I thought he seemed like the sort of reasonable character that could come through this and be a leader in the Republican Party. But he has turned out to be someone who is either unable to recognize what this is and the threat this poses or someone who is happy to exist in that world because they'll have more power in it. And these guys aren't secret agents who think that this is like the best strategy to be able to enact the America first agenda, for instance, or anything that even gives a nod toward the populist wing of the party. All of these people have pretty much chosen the easy way out for them. Some of them, I imagine, will pipe up tomorrow and be like, I had no idea the evidence was so severe. And I've been hearing a lot from my constituents, and I just have to do this. Those aren't leaders. Leaders listened to their constituents for the last two months. Leaders went and investigated and figured out for themselves what the truth was and then brought that to their constituents and honored their constituents' point of view. That's what leaders do. So none of these people are leaders. And when I said, if you're not ready to swim, then you're not in the red wave. That's David Perdue and Kelly Leffler. And they might get washed away today. Now, I said, I think in early November, right as you could see that they were immediately all happy to just take the presidential loss and focus on January 5th, like the ignorant, dumbass sellouts they are that there was a chance that for a couple of reasons one Republican and one Democrat would win in Georgia tonight. And this is why I thought that. One, if it's one and one, they get to kind of dampen all the criticism about the methods of voting and the potential for election fraud, right? They give one to the Republicans, one to the Democrats, that sounds like a reasonable election occurred. But we know that's not true because the election fraud in the November election was so severe that it made the difference of hundreds of thousands of votes. David Perdue already won his election by rights. And David Perdue should have come out immediately, joined with Trump and said that. And then David Perdue would have certainly won tonight. In the absence of massive fraud. But he was advised by establishment Republicans and he didn't do that. He tweeted about it this morning. The day of his election, after the polls had already opened. Does that get the job done? No, of course not. 
Kelly Leffler made a spectacle of herself by announcing it last night. She spoke for 90 seconds. And then the president invited Marjorie, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene up. Marjorie is what I just said, apparently. That's how I heard it. <laughs> like Dan Marley. Dan Marjorie. Remember him? I liked him. Thunder Dan. So Marjorie Taylor Greene got up and spoke for a few minutes, way longer than Kelly Leffler spoke. And Marjorie Taylor Greene already won her election. But she came out very strong with a pro-life position and said, you know, she was trying to drum up support from the pro-life wing of the Georgia Republicans. And she probably did a very good job of that. David Perdue apparently appeared on video. But he was concerned about COVID, so he couldn't go there, which essentially means he didn't want to stand up on stage while the crowd yelled fight for Trump at him again. Which is just a sign of weakness, and it's going to be read as such, and the voters are not going to forget that in Georgia today. And so I said on in early November when I made those comments that I thought if I was right about the one in one that it would be Leffler winning and Purdue losing so that they could then say that the, the Democrats would have won both seats, but for racism against Warnock and what he represents. So let's see if that's the narrative tomorrow morning and if that's what the Democrats and the media run with. And if it is, maybe you can start calling me the amazing Kreskin. I'm not a wizard. But if I could nail that truth two months in advance for the exact right logic and get the exact right outcome. You got to give it to me there. Just saying. And if you think that's bad, trust me, I'm going to be so much worse after Donald Trump is reinaugurated. I cannot wait to rub commie noses in that shit. Sorry, I'd like to pretend I'm better than that, but you guys have no idea what I've dealt with for the last nine months. And I'll be nice about it. I'll be open about it. I'll say, hey, I laid out a roadmap months and months ago for how y'all could redeem yourselves. You have to understand why you were wrong. Understand it as an intellectual and moral personal failing on your part and reconcile that and humble yourselves and you got to apologize. That's it. That's it. That's not hard. I did that. I did that exact thing because I was wrong in 2016. And I regret that. I regret voting for Hillary. I did my homework. I came to the right conclusions. I changed. I literally changed my entire way of thinking. That's what rootedness and theorism is all about. Changing your thinking so that you rely on what's actually inside you rather than having to constantly appeal 
to false authority. Get down to the most basic truths of things and then try to build the story back up the way they're telling it to you. If it doesn't work, that story is a lie. And if you have more questions about this, go listen to the On Theorism episode. It's way back. I'm thinking about actually reposting the essay episodes because I know the audience has grown and changed since then. And with High Noon coming out five days a week, it's tough to find those old episodes. So I might pop them up on like Saturdays or something. Anyway, if you guys want to give me feedback on that, go ahead. The president also said he'd be back in a year and a half to primary Brian Kemp. No matter what. Which is awesome. Brian Kemp's political career is over. He should get a job on CNN right now. I wish that the president had called for the resignation of the secretary of state and of the governor last night. The panic in D.C., the panic among the Democrats and media is all real because they are finished soon. And the old guard Republicans had a chance to get themselves out of this, but they're going to be finished soon too. We don't know what evidence is coming out tomorrow that we haven't seen, but I imagine there's some. Donald Trump told Raffensperger and his attorney, Ryan Germany, on that phone call, that they have another video. No one has seen that video yet. And he did that in the context of giving them different outs to stop lying, to take responsibility for what happened and admit the truth. And Trump said, we have another video. Was he bluffing? I really doubt it. I guess he could have been bluffing, trying to get them to admit it. If they think he doesn't have another video, they can make that bet. I mean, it's already baked into the cake. They've they've made their beds and they're not going to like laying in them. But they will. Again, we have seen the greatest political crime in American history. That crime is being exposed. There is one solution. Donald Trump is president. Now, Wisconsin is going to be potentially on Thursday voting to decertify their vote. They have a process in place. Does it mean that they're going to? Doesn't mean they're going to. Did I say Wisconsin would go first? I did. Let's see. There's also a chance Pennsylvania could get this done in time. But if any of this stuff happens prior to tomorrow, that is the best Case scenario. Tomorrow can still happen without it. Just fine. Days after tomorrow can still happen without it. Just fine. But if anything goes before, that's incredible. That takes a ton of pressure off Mike Pence because then he can say the state legislatures were not able to meet. That means that these electoral votes are irregular. That's one of the basis by which he could declare that there wasn't a properly held election in these places. So any more ammunition 
he can find by tomorrow is very helpful to him. It needs to be as publicly obvious as possible when we reach the moment of truth. Now, McConnell and Pelosi have been trying to change the rules. And one thing I read was that they were going to uh, to limit the entire debate of all the states to two hours. That's not how it works. They're supposed to have two hours of state. That is my understanding. If someone wants to check me on that, you're welcome to. But that's been my understanding for a while. It remains my understanding. I think it is correct. But even with knowing all of this, it's still kind of impossible to, to know exactly how things are going to play out tomorrow. Trump is going to have a big speech, which I imagine will be a production of incredible proportions uh, from the White House tomorrow to the rally, which all of Washington, D.C. and Democrats are trying to put a kibosh on. It's not going to work, obviously, but they've already been making arrests, shutting down roads declaring that the National Guard will be unarmed as if Muriel Bowser has the power to dictate that. These people are insane. There's also reports of buses of Antifa entering the city. There's video of this too. With police escorts. Isn't that incredible? Now... Some of the commies out there still believe that these are grassroots uprisings, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, except they're not. They're heavily funded organizations supported by some of the most powerful people in the world. They are communist and violent in nature. They played a part in the theft of the election. They destroyed people's lives and businesses. They terrorized communities. They attacked federal buildings and tried to tear down statues. These people aren't out there protesting against racism. If any commie is dumb enough to still believe that, I don't know what to tell them. Black Lives Matter disappeared completely. They even tried last week to pull off a couple cop shooting stories. And it didn't work. They tried to give Black Lives Matter a new reason, a, a new raison d'etre. Right? New reason for being. Black Lives Matter, reform like Voltron. We need you in Washington, D.C., It is a heavily funded, violent counteroffensive against the American people. Do not make any mistakes about what this is. Black Lives Matter, the organization, Antifa, the organization, work together for the same goal. Are there potentially people in Black Lives Matter who don't realize they're being duped? Sure. Okay. But let's be honest. People know what this is. 
We don't have to lie about it. You can say Black Lives Matter is a communist domestic terrorist organization. That is not racist. That is not saying that black lives don't matter. The only people who believe that are the ones who have stolen their votes for decades while doing nothing to help the communities of black people in this country that are in the worst shape. Those are Democrat cities in Democrat states, and there is a reason for it. Do not forget it. These people are not your friends, and they are not the friends of any minority communities that need help. They are an organization led by people in pursuit of wealth, fame, and political power, period. Stop lying. Now, if you want the best clue on what's going to happen tomorrow, and you want to know how confident I am and how confident Donald Trump is, Man, I'd love to be able to call Donald Trump the big guy, but Joe Biden and Hunter already went and fucked that term up. And I'm not calling him daddy. Sorry, Milo. Geotus is pretty funny, though. If you don't know Geotus, G-E-O-T-U-S, it's like what the uh, the memers call him. On the Donald Dot Win and the Reddit before that, and you know all the platforms where the where the dirty, unwashed masses of the internet live, doing a better job than all of media combined put together. They're more entertaining. They're more insightful. They get knowledge faster and better. These guys are fucking geniuses, and the media tries to scoff at them and slander them as white supremacists and violent. It's absurd. These people are Americans who want the people to get their power back. They know Donald Trump is trying to do that. They know Donald Trump is draining the swamp. That's what they want. That's what they care about. They don't care about race. They don't care about sexual orientation or gender. They make jokes and they do better research than anyone at the Washington Post and the New York Times. But anyway, Geotis is a uh, god emperor of the United States. I think, honestly, Milo might have made that one up too. But uh, hilarious, nonetheless. So I'll call him Geotis. But anyway, here's his tweet. The vice president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. What else do you need to know? Are they going to fight him on that in the media today? Sure they are. Did they already try to do that for days because people talked about the Pence card and then Louis Gohmert filed his lawsuit? Did they already burn up all their stupid op-eds on that idea? Yes, they did. How are they going to answer the president on this one? No, he can't. No, he can't. No one buys that shit anymore. You think any follower or voter of Donald Trump is going to take their word, their stupid word over his? 
Hell no. You think Donald Trump just doesn't know what he's doing? He's just making it up? Hell no. These people are so fucking dumb that they still believe they are smarter than Donald Trump. And they still believe that everything that's happening is a conspiracy. Everything since November, way before November, everything is a conspiracy. Hydroxychloroquine works. That's a conspiracy. Masks don't work. That's conspiracy. Lockdowns, conspiracy. Chinese lab, conspiracy. Everything to them that they could have just watched playing out in front of their fucking eyes if they bothered to open them is a conspiracy. Joe Biden won on November 7th, didn't he? The media told us he won. Hipsters drank champagne, huddled around corner gas stations just so that they could show off to all of the wealthiest parts of Los Angeles how happy they were that a criminal corrupt usurper was being called president by the media. And then they tried to say Joe Biden won again and won again. And the last time they did that was over three weeks ago. December 14th, the electors, oh, the electors decided. Yes, there are seven states with competing electors or six states with competing electors. But those don't count. Don't worry, Jake Tapper says they don't count. They probably just did that for show. It was just a show. It was a stunt. It was a political stunt. And Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan was so concerned about that political stunt. She just really is, is really very anti-stunt. And that's why she put police officers outside the state house so that those other electors couldn't get in. That's why she did it. It's not because it could actually work. It was a political stunt, but she put them out there anyway, just to make sure that the Republicans couldn't get in. No stunts in my house. That's what I say. Take your shoes off when you walk in. Gretchen Whitmer is going to be impeached. That's already in the process. Tomorrow goes south for her. She's finished. Gavin's finished. I have talked so many times about what this thing means. This is world changing. Okay? This is the exposure of fraud in the American political system. To a degree that most Americans a few months ago thought unimaginable. You didn't think that if you were listening to this show. Because for six months, I've been telling you exactly how it's going to go down. And it went down that way. Shocker. Kreskin? No. Better information stream? Yes. The information stream is all that matters. You have to be getting the proper information. It's like our human instincts. The evolutionary ones. The things that alert us to sound. Oh, could that be a predator? 
Am I in danger? That thing must be very finely tuned. And if you are too susceptible to that threat of danger, to constant danger, then you can't get away from the central narrative. Because the central narrative is always warning you about how you are about to be under attack, even while being one of the most privileged people in the entire world. And that's where these people are. The information stream, being able to judge that is all that matters. If you can't do that, you're not smart. If you can, you are smart. It's not about your IQ. It's never been about IQ. I was joking a long time ago about like the wagon trail. Well, these people make bad decisions at the most crucial moments in their lives because they get in process information poorly. That is not smart. If we were in a state of chaos, these people would be the first to die. And I'm not talking about strictly like physical skills or the ability to defend yourself. I'm talking about they will either push them, the rest of the group away from them because they are not leaders and their ideas and decisions are terrible, or they will get themselves killed one way or another. And the funny thing is, if we were in an actual state of chaos without social media, none of these people would ever have the fucking slightest bit of balls to even speak up in a conversation. How do I know that? Because I've been in these conversations with 10 people before. Many of whom I don't know. And it's usually one or two people trying to argue, one person trying to learn, and the rest are silent. They do not have the knowledge, the strength, the courage, or the judgment to even be in the arena. You do not let these people scare you or cower you, ever. Don't let them tell you you're stupid or ignorant or misguided. These people are liars and they are frauds and they are about to see it as is the rest of the world. And this is the impact. What happens when other countries around the world understand that their elections were stolen in the exact same manner by the exact same people. What happens then? What happens in Venezuela? Those people have been destroyed. That country has been destroyed. A couple decades ago, Venezuela was an oil-rich country on the rise. Then, we get voting systems. That's the connection. Dominion, Smartmatic, Chavez. They took away the voice of the people. They made it impossible. For the people to choose their own leader, their direction for the country to go. 
And when the people can no longer choose that, then their last means of accountability for their government, save actual kinetic violence, is taken away. And if they don't have the ability to enact successful kinetic violence, then their freedom is lost forever. And we are being put on that path intentionally by China, by globalists, and corrupt and compromised American politicians. Period. That is the end of the story. That is the whole thing. What happens to these other countries? What happens when it becomes regular public knowledge that MI6 was involved with the CIA concocting the Russian collusion hoax? What happens then? What happens if we find out that MI6 was also involved in the theft of an American election? What happens then? What is our relationship with England, our special relationship? What is it at that point? That's a big question that's going to get answered. What is our relationship with China as they continue to saber rattle? pretending that they are getting ready for war, that their military is amping up, trying to scare Donald Trump into concession. But the people are behind him, and he is never, ever, ever going to concede. Ever. Because he didn't legitimately lose. And if he does concede, he knows the consequence. Not for him, for us, for the country. I fully expect he will stick the landing. What happens next depends on the left and the globalists and China. They will react. It's a matter of how. Is it going to be communications? Maybe. Hopefully it's not Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. If that happens, anchor.fm, you can find my show there and it'll tell you the other platforms that the show is on. I doubt that Telegram's going to go down. If you haven't joined the Telegram, at least the info stream, I suggest you do that today. I'm not saying that this will happen. I'm saying it's possible because the only priority as we can see, of the Democrats, the media, and corrupt Republicans is to make sure that the whole story about election fraud never gets told to the people. That has always been the goal. They thought that they could run the clock out, get this all behind them, sneak Joe Biden into office, inaugurate him, even though there will not be an inauguration ceremony and parade, They've already taken the stands down because Joe Biden knows, A, he ain't going to be president, and B, even if he was, there wouldn't be any people there. They thought they could cross the finish line. They never thought Hillary Clinton 
would lose. All of this has been them scrambling to fix that miscalculation and their own error. The last five years has just been one incompetent error by these people after another. You do not need to be scared of these people. They are sick. They are violent. Those are good reasons to be cautious, but they are also incompetent and they are traitors. And the thing about traitors is that they'll do it to other traitors too. These people do not have enough honest moral righteousness in their body to stick to their guns. That is why they choose power, dishonesty, and manipulation rather than direct action, rather than logic and reasoning. Will people riot? Probably. But they will not stay there. All those people who came out for George Floyd, they might pretend to come out for a little while for this, but they know. They don't care about Joe Biden. They just hate Donald Trump. They might say they believe Biden won, but when they see that he doesn't, they're not going to have the fortitude or the motivation to go out and riot. People go outside and march around for a day or so, maybe. Talking about normal people, by the way, Antifa and Black Lives Matter will be out there and they will be violent and the National Guard will take care of that. My hope and expectation is that this doesn't escalate past that. But if it does, I also believe that the president is prepared for that. Now, interestingly, this morning, sorry, this is going a little long. Uh, roll call reported on Chuck Grassley in a series of three tweets. And here they are. Senate. Senator uh, Charles Grassley, Republican, Iowa, the Senate president pro tempore says he and not Vice President Mike Pence will preside over the certification of electoral college votes since, quote, we don't expect him to be there. Roll call reports. Grassley also said he will listen to debate and that it would be really wrong for me to say I have my mind made up. Grassley spokesman later clarified to the New York Times that the senator does not have any indication Pence won't be president, although that's exactly what he said. So. Linwood could be right about Mike Pence. Maybe Mike Pence will be arrested before tomorrow. Let's not expect that. And the office did come out to say that's not what we were talking about. It's totally possible that Mike Pence wouldn't be present as the Senate debates the objections and that Grassley might lead that debate. And if that's what he's talking about, all good. Don't give this a second thought. But if Mike Pence ain't there, we shall see. Now, I was having a discussion on this just before recording with a friend of mine from Instagram and now the Telegram info stream. And she was asking what I thought about the potential for 
this scenario and, and what might happen. So the scenario she presented was that both Republicans lose tonight and that then the Republicans would push back harder in the Senate tomorrow because they wouldn't want to be the minority in the House, the Senate and the presidency. And I don't think that that's a stupid thought to have, but I don't think it's right either. You know, it's been reported and it seems fairly obvious that Mitch McConnell's priority is being the leader either way. Senate majority leader, he obviously likes better, but minority leader, fine with him because then he still needs to get his caucus, to get members of his caucus to vote with Democrats sometimes. And that means that he has power over the Democrats in negotiations and is also the point man for all the outside power and influence, a.k.a. money in the Senate. So that's not a terrible position for him to be in, he thinks. So I don't think that that matters. I also think that the the primary goal of the globalists, the Chinese and the corrupt power structure, the old guard, their goal is not who runs the Senate. Their goal is getting Donald Trump out of office. So I don't think what happens tonight has really any sway in what happens tomorrow unless they are specifically manipulating this election based on their own whipping of votes in the Senate. Like if they need two Democratic votes to keep Donald Trump out of office, wouldn't surprise me at all if Brad Raffensperger and Stacey Abrams cooked up that exact recipe for them. But the thing you always have to remember, no matter what, is that these situations are not mysteries unfolding in real time for the people involved in the events as they are for us, right? Like you might know that you're going to break up with your boyfriend and he doesn't know it and your friends don't know it, but then you break up with your boyfriend. So now you and your boyfriend know it, but your friends don't know it. In this scenario, all of us, we're the friends. And as the friends, as the people watching from the outside without direct knowledge, we don't know as much as the parties involved, especially if these elections are as manipulated as I believe they are. I don't believe that this is only a Democrat cheating thing. I believe that there are Republicans in the business of cheating, as I have said many, many times. Okay. So that means that they get to decide the leaders on both sides. Well, you know, Mitt Romney, you're not going to be president this time, but take a couple years, come back and run for Utah Senate and we got you. All right. You think that didn't happen? I think it did. Could I be wrong? Sure. Just trying to understand how things work. But if they can manipulate both sides, then the unknown event that we're watching play out in real time is not unknown or playing out in real time for those people. And until there is reason to believe that that's true, 
you have to stick with this. Well, you can do whatever you want. I'm sticking with this. I do not believe that people like that with the power they have and the power they have behind them and their own corrupt motivations and their own desires to see their corruption never exposed. I don't see those people leaving things like this to chance. So the key, as always, The only true unknown is how the people will react when the information gets out, right? So what I've always said, we don't have to convince them that we are right. You only have to convince them that they might not be. Not that they aren't, just that they might not be. And the way you can break people's brains on this stuff is to tell them, hey, this might happen. And if it and if it might happen, this and this and this would follow and this and this and this would be true. So if that's what you're seeing tomorrow, you have to understand that it's not illegitimate. It's not a lie. It's not conspiracy. It's not made up by Fox News. It's not white supremacy or racism or any of the other fucking things that they say. And it certainly ain't a coup. All right. Again, that's why I speak about future events. I try to have a pretty good understanding of people's motivations and how they might be manipulating the system, assuming that they have more power than they are supposed to have and more knowledge than we have. And then how can that play out? All right. So that is one unknown. How will the people react? The other unknown is how the power systems will react, although they know. Right. So that's not a true unknown. We don't know it. They do know. Trump knows that he was cheated and so does more than half of America and enough Republicans tomorrow to legitimize that. And we know that Trump won't quit. So figure out what the true unknowns are and what is only unknown to us and then play out the variables, game it out. I've always said, like, I want you guys to to think about this stuff, not necessarily in the way I think about it, but I want you to take on a new means of thinking about this stuff because it actually also applies to the rest of your life. You know, like using rootedness is a good way to understand who's lying to you and what situations are worth being mad at, what stuff could be a potential misunderstanding that you can rectify like this is a functional means of thinking. And that's why it's important for me to like pass it off to other people. And so like in the information stream, for instance, or the discussion group, I mean, like I often won't answer people's questions. If the, if I post something and they immediately say to me, what does that mean? There's no chance I'm answering because the entire purpose is for you guys to go figure out what it means, right? Hey, take a look at this piece of information. 
Google these different terms. See if there is a way that you can figure out an understanding of that. And then if you want to come ask me if that, if I think that's right or possible or hell, maybe I missed something completely. Great. I'm open to all of that. But when the first question that enters your mind is what does this mean? The first thing to do is try to get the answer for yourself. Because if you get the answer for yourself, then you understand how you got the answer. And it not only gives you more trust in your own ability to get answers. It means you don't have to trust me and you have tools with which you can verify the things I said or prove them wrong. So this isn't about me telling you what's happening. This is about me trying to say there is a way of knowing or at least knowing to a degree of certainty that will put you well ahead of anyone paying attention to the central narrative because they are literally wrong about everything. They are lied to about everything, which is why they are wrong. And they are also too enamored with their own intelligence and their own undeserved place in the world that they have no reason to question it because they know that people like them agree with them. Very smart, very serious, very well-read people agree with them. That's all they need. They don't need to convince you. They don't even need to understand it. They need to know that people like them agree. That's it. Let's see what happens. Tomorrow is going to be a hell of a day. And I imagine the rest of today will be as well. If you're in Georgia, go vote, suck it up, go vote. Because regardless of what happens with Trump, that Senate majority will be very helpful. And again, I've said this before, saying it again, another possibility of fallout tomorrow is that people whose elections were stolen from them will win their elections. That is my real hope because John James of Michigan deserves to be in the U.S. Senate. And that Democrat Peters who tried to challenge Ron Johnson in the election fraud hearing, Gary Peters, that guy does not need to be in the U.S. Senate. In fact, that guy needs to be out of the U.S. Senate as fast as possible. John James deserves that win. And Michigan has no claim whatsoever about how challenging their fraud in Detroit is racist. When they made it, they set it up to make sure that a black man didn't win. Don't give me that bullshit. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. 
I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm your moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!